Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Friday, May 25th, 2018. I'm your host, Alex Kalafi. Uh, a week removed from getting his wisdom teeth removed, which is <laughs> a pittance compared to what some of the other people in this room have been dealing with, but it's uh, it's it's recovering well enough to do a show I wasn't able to do one last week. But joining us for a Nintendo News Report with a decent bit of news and, and some other and some other stuff to talk about, we got one Donald Terrio. Hi. The only thing worse than flying home with a broken back is flying home with a broken back and a child who only screams when you can't have your headphones in sitting right behind you. Did you check to see if you stepped on a crack before it happened? Um, I might have, but I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure I stepped on several, so I probably yeah. had that one coming. <laughs> no, I, I think the rule is is, is your uh, is, is, I think it's your mother's back gets broken when you step on a crack. But anyways. Of course, Donald. All the best. I, I hope you feel better. It sounds awful that, that you had to go through that, and I, I am very sorry. Yeah, and it's, since worst part is it wasn't even in my own hometown. At least, at least then, I, at least then, I wouldn't have to worry about stairs on the on the public transit. Is your job gonna be? Are they cool with this? Are they? Uh, are you gonna be fine? We'll see what happens on Monday. I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to get to the point where I can go in. It's a sit-down job, thankfully, so it's not too bad. But yeah, thankfully they're they're also going to be paying for all this stuff in the long run. But yeah, not right. not the way I expected to spend my vacation. Yeah, so worst countries to be in if something like that's going to happen to you, I guess. Hmm. Well, we wish you a speedy and safe and full recovery, Doc. Uh, yeah <laughs> hi justin hey i'm here too everybody yeah it's i mean you didn't really have any medical procedures done over the next week like there's the cool um, club I a, and then... i had a cavity filled yesterday so did you really yeah um how'd that go flawlessly i guess flawlessly <laughs> no big deal so the, the wisdom tooth surgery it wasn't painful in the moment because they, they gave me the twilight stuff so it was one of those things where i was technically awake but I, I didn't necessarily feel anything or have any awareness of what was going on, and it made an hour feel like three minutes. I find that a cavity is one of the most annoying things I've ever had happen to me. I mean, I mean I've had a handful in my time, but just the amount you have to keep your mouth open, and then just you can feel the drill regardless of how much Novocaine they put in you. I'm no? fine with it, man. I mean, yeah. I, I get cavities more than... I probably should, and it, I don't even think it's due to bad hygiene at all, because I brush my teeth more than most people I know. It's just genetic, I think. Do you floss? Yes, I do floss, mouthwash, every day. Oh, man. Well. It's just, man, bad luck. Because <laughs> like, your teeth look great, but here's a cavity. It's like, <laughs> Well, you are a warrior, Justin, and uh, we're very, very well, proud. Donald's a real warrior right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for for being here and organizing the show as per usual and looking like nothing happened. <laughs> so uh, all, all, all the best. Applause, applause, applause. We got some new business. I want to try something while we have uh, just just for the video side. I know people shuffle in over the first 15 minutes. And when we talk about news stories, they're like, oh, did you talk about this yet? So we're actually going to do our new business at the front this time. See how it works, because we've been playing a uh, good number of good games. I'm only, gonna... 20, only 24 Switch games came up this week. Only 24, not to mention the Mario Tennis demo. That... Although I don't think that's I don't think that's actually live it's yet. Not. It's not. There was some suggestion, or some people read it, including me, that you'd be able to play the practice mode and then the tournament mode would be part of that. But it seems like the tournament and practice and CPU stuff is all happening during that tournament phase. So... A little bit of a bummer, but next weekend we will be playing Mario Tennis. And then there's also the Sushi Striker demo, which I played at PAX East. That game's all right. Seems like a fun, not match three, but it is match three-esque in that you're matching colored things together. It, it seems it seems decent. We'll see. But we've been playing some games. First thing I want to talk about is a little game called Runner 3. And I wish Zach was here because he gave the business 
to run a three last week on this show and in his review called it a disappointment. And and when I was first hearing him talk about the game, it sounded like he borderline hated it. Although I, I don't want to put words in his mouth there. So it's a, but he certainly seemed at the very least very, very disappointed. As someone who played Runner 1, played Runner 2, and has almost beaten Runner 3, Runner 3 is probably my favorite of the three, by far. And I think they actually made a lot of progress with this game over the other ones. For a little bit of reference, I am one of those crazy people who thinks Runner 1 is a better game than Runner 2. I just think Runner 1 is a very pure, twitchy, feel-good, handshaky challenging experience that that the gameplay is very much in tune with the music and i think when runner 2 upped its production values put a hundred different levels in the game made it easier and added checkpoints i think the game lost something i think it lost its spirit somewhat i think it lost a good bit of its heart and replaced it with more accessible platforming mechanics and i i don't remember much of that game at this point it's it's been four years and i actually do want to replay it so I, i'd probably buy it if it came on back on the switch but i wasn't necessarily a huge fan of runner 2 runner 3 comes along and in my opinion it's the best fusion of both worlds and that it's got the runner 2 accessibility you got checkpoints you got easier boss battles that aren't completely gotcha like the original runner game but you also have much more difficult gameplay, and I would say levels that have much more personality. I think the new production values work to the video game's advantage, and I think that the difficulty strikes the right balance where it's not so hard as maybe Runner 1 at its worst, but it's not so easy as Runner 2 at its easiest. I would call it that that comfortable Donkey Kong Country Return style difficulty. And, and it's the kind of difficulty where I wasn't a fan of using the checkpoints in Runner 2. Using the checkpoints, I still feel like I'm getting a comfortable, very good challenge in Runner 3. I also think the levels are the perfect length, even though there's 100 gold in each level. I think even though there are 40 levels, they are bigger levels, they are better levels, and they, it's, got the, it's got the classic levels mixed in. I think, it, I think the charm is more in force than previous Runner games. And overall, I haven't beaten it quite yet. I love, love, love Runner 3. Yeah, I, I sort of stepped away from... I was planning on getting it until the reviews came out, and it seemed like it was adding in way, way too much Runner 1 for my liking. I'll still give it a shot down the road. It will inevitably go on sale, but right now I just I, I prefer the the easier play of Runner Two, so I think that's why I sort of held off on it. Yeah, I, th- I think the reason I hear you, and I think exactly what you're just saying, is the very reason why it's going to be considered a black sheep, love it or hate it kind of game in this series. Um, uh, people are saying, Alex, I hear... Oh, okay. No, we're good. We're good. Anyways, I think the reason why it's going to be divisive is because it is a harder game than Runner 2, and even though it has a lot of the same accessibility features, it's not... I don't feel like it's serving a lower common denominator in the way Runner 2 was. Not as in, like, quality of person, but I felt like they were trying to aim for uh, a, the type of player who might not have had the patience for Runner 1. It's or The player of... Exactly. That, that's what I mean. The They were aiming for a Runner 2 player who wouldn't necessarily have the patience for Runner 1-style difficulty in a game of Runner 2's length. So they added a lot of accessibility things, and I think they they tweaked the gameplay a little bit lower. But I think in Runner 3, they found the perfect balance of difficulty and production values and all the goofy stuff they tried to add in Runner 2, but also the twitch handshaky gameplay of Runner 1. I think it's the perfect balance of both worlds. But I also applaud the studio for making, I would say, a very, not very different, but Runner 1, 2, and 3 will all be remembered for having very 
sort of specific production value. Runner 3 is a lot more vehicular type stuff. Runner 3 has much bigger production values, but Runner 2 is the game with a lot of levels and the accessible gameplay, but Runner 1 is this super pure 8 to 10 hour experience that has a ton of gotcha moments, a ton of snipey, snipey, not entirely fair moments, but is super fun in the process. Runner 3 has some of those gotcha moments, but certainly fewer than them, but, but certainly fewer of them. And I would say introduces a lot of mechanics in a way that I find is entirely successful. So TRBR says still want runner one and two ports on switch. I would love that. I think the best would be if we got a tr physical trilogy of all three games, maybe even like all, all the other regular bit trip games. Although although Runner's kind of its own its own subseries. Runner's kind of the Mario Bros to Donkey Kong. But I I think that's a good idea. Max said tonight needed Zach and Neil to contrast Alex about Runner 3. Uh if you'd like that, you can last week's episode has Zach on it at least. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Zach Zach talked about it last week. He was very net mm. I say that as someone very positive, but he was, I would say, on the more negative side. That That's kind of fair to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did talk to Neil about it, and before release, sort of when I was talking to him about the reviews and how he was looking to score, and he's like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed by it. He said, this is absolutely the game that you wanted Runner 2 to be, which was heavily inspired by Runner 1, but bigger and better. This game feels like more of a sequel to Runner 1 than Runner 2 did in a lot of ways. So I, I would almost compare it to like a Pokemon split evolution rather than a next step where you could have Slowbro or Slowking. That's, that's kind of what I feel Runner 2 is, where Runner 2 and Runner 3 are two different evolutions on the Runner 1 formula. If you want more accessible gameplay and you have a Wii U or a PC, I recommend Runner 2 if you're gonna play one. If you love Runner 1 and want more Runner 1, I think Runner 3 is gonna serve you better. Although I think all three are overall great games and I would recommend all of them. So there you go. The next one I wanna talk about, this one TRBR is gonna be appreciating because I know he is one of the biggest fans of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I know. But as some of you may remember, in January or so, I stopped talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It just, stuff came up. It's, by the way, is my audio is coming through someone. Is Donald, is it you? Let me crank down my headset here. Yeah, just a little bit. I'll turn mine down a bit just in case, but... Normally, yeah, um, it's mostly fine. Just, uh, just, just checking in. Around January, I stopped playing. Just stuff came up, and I was in chapter four, which I think is probably around the slowest part of that game. Four, five, and six—sort of that middle period—I found to be like the slowest story-wise. Justin, would you, would you concur with that? I think it started to pick up around chapter four, because really, uh, that's when uh, it finally gave me the uh, mercenary missions. So almost everything was unlocked from a gameplay perspective, I guess. But what about from a story perspective? Story perspective? Man, I don't remember exactly the order everything happened in, in each chapter, so that's kind of difficult for me to answer without looking up and seeing, like, oh, yeah, this happened here. Yeah, I, I had a bit of a hard time. It's a long story. <laughs> it's a long story. I'm about 40 hours in now. Anyways, to get back to the story I was originally telling... I sort of stopped playing around chapter four, slowed down, didn't get back to it as you do with video games, got back, had a hard time following the story, went to the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 wiki or the Xenoblade wiki and read the plot summary, which goes chapter by chapter, which was super helpful because I knew like, okay, dying Titans, trying to go to Elysium, but a lot of the political stuff that's going on in that universe is was super helpful to have a reminder, but I picked it up and then I went right back into it. And now I'm on chapter seven. I'm at the boss at the end of chapter seven that I'm having a real tough time with. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is such a weird game overall. Because if you look at any individual part of that game, whether it be the combat or the exploration or the world or the story 
or the characters in any other game, I don't think they would be good or I don't think they would be as successful as they are here. But for some reason, the combination of all of these things exactly the way they are in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 works for me and is addicting and hooks me in. And there's some inescapable charm about this game that feels enigmatic, if I was going to use a big boy word. Justin, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, I know the game isn't perfect. There's some things that aren't so great, but I I normally don't like RPGs very much. But right. I've liked the first and now the second Xenoblade. I wasn't the biggest fan of X. But those games really hooked me, and I played a lot of both of them. Right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly doing a criticism of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 directly, because for the record, I love this game right now. I am loving this game, and I think as of the end of Chapter 6, it has kept getting better and better and better, and now I'm remembering why I love this game. But the combat is not that complicated, but kind of complicated and obtuse-ish. The story, I'd say in the middle, it dragged a little bit for me. Uh, and then the animations are kind of weird. And then Rex is the biggest enigma for me. I mean, I know I'm one of the only fans of Rex that I know. On, he grew on me the more I played it. When you look at Rex from the outset, he's kind of a generic shonen protagonist kind of guy. Like, he's like, oh, happy-go-lucky, we're going to save the world, we're going to do our thing, yada, yada, yada. But he's just a little different, and, and in a way that's hard to put your finger on. It's, it might be because he's a salvager, it might be his extremely likable accent, but I, I'm really a big fan of Rex, but I don't think Rex would work in any other game but Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I he, like might work, he might work in uh, Smash Brothers. He might. I'm hoping for him in Smash Brothers. I think Rex and Pyra would make a great addition to the Xenoblade universe, having sort of a blade thing, almost like a Pokemon trainer, but they're both, but they, it's like, think Ice Climbers, but you have that little wire ether mm -hmm. that's sort of connecting them, and they're going around. It's almost like a fusion of Pokemon trainer and Ice Climbers. Yeah, they could work as long as you can uh, switch between Pyra and Mithra. Do you think we get both Shulk and Rex and Pyra? Or just one slot for the well, series? I think, I think both. I, I think both. My, my whole thought, not to go off topic too much, but my real quick, my whole thought on Smash Brothers is it, it's basically going to be an updated version of the Wii U one. So I think just about every character is going to be back, and the only ones up in the air are third-party ones. But, you, do you think it's more port, less Splatoon 2-type sequel? Because I, I think, think it's going to be it's going to be more Splatoon two type sequel, but because they're using that base, I see no reason why. Right. Okay. Okay. We're on the same page. Yep. So, so I think all the content is going to be different, but the core is going to be modified, if not very similar. Yes. But back to Xenoblade. <laughs> back to Xenoblade. Back. Back to our sort of introductory topics. Yeah, I'm having a great time. TRBR says after seven, it gets real. But anyways, combat, I'm not sure it would work in another video game because it's, I think it, it only works in Xenoblade 2. I think Xenoblade 2's world only works in Xenoblade 2. But the way all of these slightly strange characteristics combine together makes for a game that's sticking to my brain and I'm really loving. And I'm not sure if I feel the same way about it quite yet about than I do about Xenoblade 1. And I'd really like a switch port of the first Xenoblade updated to see how that would feel today. Yeah, I do too. But one thing about Xenoblade 2's combat I do want to mention since you brought it up is I felt like as I played, I kept hitting like new plateaus of like feeling like I was breaking the system in some way. And yeah. you'd be like, you'd almost like level up as a player along with it in some ways. You're like, oh, I could do this now. I could do this now. It's like you unlock different uh, pieces of different blades affinity and your character's affinity and figure out different exploits and things like that and combinations that work really well. And it just kept going and going. And you're like, this has to be like the end. I'm not going to get any more powerful. But no, like so many times, like I'd figure something out or somebody would tell me something 
where I'd read something and try it out, and I'd just get to a new level of exploiting it, and that was fun throughout the entire game for me. Yeah, it feels like you level up in several ways in that game. There are oh, the yeah. active ways, like there there are your levels, and it almost feels like the numbered levels are some of the least meaningful levels in that game. Oh yeah, I, like like there are stat boosts and HP and whatever, but for the most part, it's it's one of the least relevant. Then there are the individual characters, which there are five life bars or five different sort of meters you're tracking there per character, but somehow it's not overly complex. Then there's the stat trees. And then, as you kind of mentioned, you yourself are almost leveling up in your understanding of the game as it goes on. Like I've been I've been DMing our, our friend TRBR on Twitter and he was telling me he was informing me how the combo system worked because I knew the combo system and I knew like how the bursts kind of worked but I didn't know how the orbs appeared and mm -hmm. then he was explaining that stuff to me he's like oh you see the circles like circling around the character you got to watch those and then you got to get to the level threes and then that works um, and then there's the poppy stuff which I'm, I'm looking forward to breaking that real soon but I my summary. I, I know that when I when I talk about when I talk about games, that it's, it's all over the place a little bit. My summary: having a great time, and I don't think Xenoblade Chronicles Two is for everyone. No, no, no more is saying that he was. He's a bit of a conflicted fan. And then Riz is saying Xenoblade simply an experience. There's no other game like it except Zelda. In some ways, I I do think like Runner Three, this is a love it or hate it kind of game. But if you love it, I think you really, really love it. I mean, I've done basically everything in the game, except yeah. for, except for the quests they just released like yesterday or whatever that was. You gonna you gonna do those quests? Yeah, I'll get to them eventually. I think maybe I'll wait till they add more stuff and just knock it all out in a day. They're doing story DLC in fall. Yes. They are. I, do you think do you think that's going to be a separate campaign or do you think that's going to be in the world after everyone's already level 99 i don't know but uh if it's in the same world that i'm in right now uh it's <laughs> i'm gonna be very overpowered let me put it that way yeah i hope they make some considerations for that like challenge mm -hmm. mode too they said is that going to be a hard difficulty, or is that going to be like a Tower of Terror kind of thing? We don't know. I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> we'll probably find out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Xenoblade 2 trailer in there. Or, alternatively, if maybe if there's a September Direct, we might see that DLC drop the same day, and we'll also get a Shulk, or excuse me, a Rex reveal smash trailer at that same time. Maybe, maybe we'll, depending on the scale of the DLC, we'll see. Smash will be out by September. We'll see that there's a lot of, we'll see things there. Is the expansion pass worth it as someone who is very much enjoying Xenoblade two? I mean, I think it's more beneficial early on in your playthrough because you get like some money and stuff like that. when you start out, uh, the overdrive protocols you'll get are probably very useful for a playthrough. Do you know what those are? Or... Are those the things you put on Poppy? No, the overdrive protocols let you switch one blade to another character, and I think there's only three you can normally get in the game, but then you get some if uh, you max out each character's affinity chart as well. You're talking so... about the Pyra thing, right? The no, thing so if like, you open up a blade and it's on... Uh, Nia, for example, but you want to switch it to Rex, you have to use that overdrive protocol. Oh, so it gives you some of those. And yeah. then and then there is a way to get those in the post-game, but it's supposed to be really tough, right? Yeah, but if you do New Game Plus, they're not too hard to get. I think you can like just go spend experience points on them or something. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Bonus experience. And but then yeah. Poppy, Poppy, you get a lot of ether, so that sort of uh, eases that grind Honestly, a little bit. It does ease it a little bit, but with the amount of ether you're going to need to fully power Poppy up, you're going to need a lot, a lot, a lot more than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about if I want to, I mean, if I want to really be comes, a good boy. Or it really not. comes down to that new campaign or whatever it is 
going to be worth it for most people. Yeah. And there's like extra quests and stuff. Are the quests good or are they just like quests? They're just like quests from what I could tell for the most part. Some of them actually require you to have specific blades, I think. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll probably end up buying it. I'll, I'll definitely be buying it by the time that DLC comes out. I'd be very interested to see what story they choose for it. But that that there's there's your Xenoblade talk, Donald. Have you um have you played any more of that? I'm still it's still on the back burner right now. Although I think I might have some more free time to do it in the future. Yeah, yeah. I I hope you <laughs> you you should try to play a little more Xenoblade. Yeah. How far did you get? You're in like chapter two still or something. I think I, right? I, think I just cleared chapter two. Like I just started chapter three when other stuff came up and just yeah i think i'm gonna need to have that moment that you had last week basically yeah yeah i uh, i'm going to probably start refraining from using google to look stuff up because I, I did that on a couple boss fights when i got frustrated and the problem with youtube algorithms is that they're so dangerous and that they just spit context free spoilers at you like i didn't get anything major like i don't know if anyone like anything happens but I um I'm probably I'm probably gonna just drill through and be a good boy and, and grind out my experience points and, and finish look that up, there game. Look <laughs> up that guide I wrote in uh do you have the rare blade Percival? No. In okay. fact I'm actually at a point where it, the game's for some reason not letting me open blade crystals. Oh uh you may have too many open and you might need to you can only have so many open at a time. So you may need to release some of the common ones. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, Justin Baruby, Xenoblade. But yeah, you need Percival to do the grinding trick. I figured out. So it's probably. I don't know if it's worth even trying at this point. But whatever. Xenoblade Two. Tips and tricks. Anyways. There's there there's your two games. Okay, Bloodstained. Tell me about Bloodstained, Justin. Yeah, I've been playing uh, Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon, and uh, as I said last week, I'm more of a fan of the classic Castlevania gameplay as opposed to the Metroid-style gameplay. Uh, so I was very excited when they just showed this game off a couple weeks ago. It was the first I ever heard of them doing it. Uh, I played through the whole game in one sitting. It took maybe like two and a half hours without really knowing what I was doing. Uh, it really does feel a lot like a classic Castlevania game. I think it's awesome. You can get the multiple characters, switch between them at any time. Uh, it does have a weird thing with the uh, extra lives and the way that works. So if you have the full party of four characters, you know, even if you just have two, and you die with that character, you don't lose your uh, live counter. You just get sent back to the checkpoint with uh, the remaining characters you have, but you can't use that character that died. So your health will still be as low as it was before for the remaining characters. And once they all die, then you lose a life. Then you go back to that same checkpoint with everybody at full health. Okay. So each character has like their own uh, abilities, strengths, and weaknesses. Uh, it looks like there were power-ups throughout the levels, some of which you could miss. So it uh, gives you reason to go back and replay the levels going through different routes looking for these uh, things that could boost your health and whatnot and the amount of uh, extra weapon energy you can hold. But yeah, it felt a lot like a classic Castlevania. The bosses, uh, they're longer boss fights than would have been in the NES Castlevania. And some of them, especially the last boss, it's pretty brutal the first time you're going through. You gotta like really learn his patterns. And it just felt like it took a long time. Maybe there's a trick I wasn't figuring out to the final form of the last boss, but I had the, had the pattern down, and I was basically surviving a long time, but it was just very hard to get hits off on him, so that took a while, but I really enjoyed the game overall. Uh, there is some replay value, which I haven't explored fully yet. There's, like, a follow-up. Like, I guess you go back to the levels uh, with the same characters for some reason. Maybe the difficulty's harder, and I did unlock another harder difficulty, and I found out, and I don't know if this is, I don't think this is really a spoiler, because you can figure it out after you beat the first level, so I guess it's cool to talk about, and people would want to hear it. So maybe if, skip ahead, like, 
two minutes or so if you don't want to hear this. But uh, after you beat the level and you encounter the first ally, uh, you can actually kill the ally instead of recruiting them. And if you do that, you don't gain them as an ally, but you gain a new attack ability. So I tried it on the first level and killed the first ally. And when I started the second level, uh, you get a, a new attack instead of being able to switch that ally. So when you jump in the air and attack, you get like a sword slashing maneuver, which seems to cover more ground than if you didn't have that and you jumped an attack. So it gives another way to replay this game different ways. You could probably choose to kill some characters, but not all of them, or just kill them all and try to do it solo see what all the abilities you get are so it's a pretty cool game i really like it i recommend it i think it was ten dollars on the eShop. yep yep and i think that's a that's a good price for it oh yeah i think so good good nice i'm, I'm thinking about it i hear it's got a good difficulty balance it's got that i mean donkey kong country returns is the is the example i always go back to but i think i, I think it's a fair example it's got that kind of difficulty uh, I, I'd say it's more of like a retro difficulty. Cause... Okay, so not 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 Shovel Knight, but more the game Shovel Knight is is inspired by. Yeah, it really feels a lot like the difficulty in the original Castlevania. I mean, I played with the uh, knockback turned on. I think it's the veteran mode. So when you get hit by enemies, you do take knockback, which can knock you in holes and stuff like that. But you could put it on like a more casual play to not deal with that if you don't want to. Very nice. But yeah, it's a fun game, and I right, if you like old school Castlevania, I highly recommend checking this game out. Excellent, 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 excellent. Donald, tell me about the Mega Man Legacy Collection One and Two now available on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I only got the first one because, although I like nine and ten, and I guess I'm sort of I sort of like seven. Eight is bad enough that it actually dissuaded me from buying the buying the second one, but I played through uh, Mega Man's two and three, which are kind of easy with the rewind function now. Because mm-hmm. shame, you, uh, for shame. <laughs> Justin, you you didn't see the first way I broke those games. How'd you do that? Um, well, let's put it this way: for Mega Man three, Red Dot A six, boom, ninety tanks. The greatest, the greatest way to break Mega Man three from the start. Yeah, you can always farm the E tanks. So not in three. You can't. No, you can't because you can't go back to stages that doesn't come until four. Well, couldn't you just go to a stage and keep dying till you got nine E tanks? Yeah, but then I'd lose. I'd lose out on the um, like I, I, I wanted to keep the lives count high as well, just to be on the safe side. All right, all right. All right. Yeah, but I managed yeah. to, beat, to beat the two of them in one day, which was nice. All mm. right. Yeah, I my my first real Mega Man game that I beat was four, but I I do I think I've two and three have grown on me more over the years. Feels good on Switch. Yep, felt pretty good. Felt good on the plane going down, and felt felt good on the on the TV once I got to the hotel. So I've been playing the game a little bit too. Uh, I did some of the challenges, and uh, I goofed around a little bit in a few of the different Mega Man games. I. I love Mega Man, so I'm probably going to sit down and play through these. I could probably knock the game out in a day or two, all, all of them, to be honest. Without without save states slash rewinds? Yeah, I could do that. I remember I used to play Mega Man 1 through 6 and then X1 through 3, and I would used to do that every once in a while over the course of a weekend. <laughs> like, let's go through the Mega Man saga. I still have Legacy Collection 2 sealed, and I really want to play it before. Speaking of Legacy Collection 2, I posted yeah. on Twitter about this. If you buy the physical copy and get the uh, download code, it does expire eventually, but it doesn't expire until December 31st, 2,799. Well, that's a... <laughs> the world will probably be past that of Mega Man. By the time that I, happens. Yeah, I also said the real Mega Man will be made by that point. <laughs> Does that mean they're committing to keeping the eShop around for 800 years? That's what I'm saying. That When Nintendo said that the Switch would outsell Wii, they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> I think it's just a, just a matter of what's the latest date we can set on this thing to make sure it doesn't expire like Sony's codes yeah. do. But it's I had to... probably, yeah, it's probably some computer thing. 
I just had to double take when I saw that. It's, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Your descendants will be will still be able to redeem this code. That's amazing. Alright. Well I'm I'm glad it, I'm glad it's a it's a good switch game. Looking forward to eleven, hoping it doesn't get delayed. Hoping we hear a little bit about that at E3. It'd be nice. I'm pretty sure we will. Yeah, that'd be good. Got some news, but not that much news. Speaking of Capcom, Resident Evil 7 Cloud Edition was announced a few days ago. Announced for for Japan only, so it's literally called Biohazard Resident Evil Cloud Edition. Now it's out, May 24th. Yep. It's uh, 2,000 yen for six months worth of play, which really should be enough to beat all of that game's content. Uh, yeah. we, we have about an hour-long video of John uh, street trying trying it out and streaming it. I just don't know how much of that is him actually playing the game. Right. So I've seen a tweet that, I mean, for all it's worth, I, I didn't actually play it. Although, if you have a Japanese account, you can download it and play it and try it, I'm pretty sure. You get a 15-minute trial. Yeah. But what I've heard is on handheld mode, it works pretty good. If you have a if you have a decent enough connection, of course. On the TV, it's a lot pixely, and it doesn't look nearly as good. Yeah, it's sort of like I'm hearing like sub PSVR resolution, which is kind of scary, and the colors yeah. seem to be a little bit more washed out on the on the Switch version. Yeah, I've 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 heard a similar thing, but if you're willing to play Resident Evil Seven in handheld mode. Resident Evil 7 is a great game. I think it's almost as good as 5, which is almost as good as 4, although it's a very different game than both of those. But I, I really, really like playing Resident Evil 7 in VR. I don't think this strategy is going to come to the U.S. Mm, I think Resident Evil 7 could. I don't think Monster Hunter World is going to come over like this. No, and this is like the first offline game that has really tried this on a Nintendo system because we've seen it with things like Dragon Quest X on 3DS or Fantasy Star Online 2 on Switch where they are cloud-based. Like mm-hmm. you download, you basically download the app. But yeah, there's probably... Like we're not going to see like twi- Twitch-heavy action games, stuff like World coming over on this system, I think. No, no, and, that, and Resident Evil could be a one-time thing for all we know, or it could be like, oh, here's Devil May C- DMC Devil May Cry, because it's easy to put it over this way. I don't know. I think it's cool that they're trying it. It's, it's certainly unexpected, if nothing else. I just, I don't know if it's going to prove successful buying a six-month license to rent this I don't video like game. It. Don't like the idea of it. Well, what if what if they put out a physical version? Would you buy it? <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably just be a code in a box now in Capcom. Yeah, probably would be that. And a cleaning cloth. A cleaning cloth. <laughs> and a ten dollars surcharge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just one hell of a cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, the. Did we see this? There was this Mega Man thing I meant to point out. Did you guys hear that there's going to be like a story mode in the Mega Man X Legacy Collection? I, I think it's like a boss battle type thing where you fight multiple bosses at the same time, right? But there might be new stuff too. It's Wily Tower was a f- phrase that kept getting thrown around, if that means anything to you. I think Wily Tower is actually from like the Wily Wars game that came out on the Genesis. It was like a Sega Channel game. Yeah, on uh, Player One podcast as of late. That that's what people that's what people I saw on like Resetera. I I clicked on a story link for this one. They were saying that it sounded like that, but it seems like there might be new content coming to that game. I, I should be more informed since since we're doing since we're a new show. But I just remembered reading something in passing. I didn't know if you guys heard anything about that but that's fine just ignore everything i said if it's announced we'll talk about it on a future episode japanese my nintendo store is offering a second switch deal it's you can you can get it for two thousand twenty four thousand nine hundred eighty yen which is 
two hundred bucks, but is basically equivalent to two fifty if such a deal were going to come to the United States. Yeah. Forgoes the dock AC adapter, HDMI, and Joy-Con grip, but comes with a switch, two Joy-Cons, and two straps. I mean, this sounds. This doesn't even sound like a deal or anything to me, to be honest. I mean, without the AC adapter, especially in the dock. That's like another $90 worth of stuff you'd get for $50. Right. I have a question. What is the is the price of a Switch 29,000 yes. yen? 29,980. So okay. you're good. So it's 5,000 yen less for 9,000 yen less worth of stuff. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, especially since it doesn't come with a charger. I mean, that that's thirty dollars worth of stuff i'm going by american money because that's what i know but if if they were to do that deal here you'd only be twenty dollars away from having a dock with that if you just bought the full thing so it just doesn't seem like much of a deal at all it is the it is not a great thing on its own but i do think it is the first step in something that will be great one day and that once once there is a much better option for a second switch, I think such a thing would prove popular. And I think such a thing is also going to prove key to it replacing the 3DS one day. I agree. If that's the route they want to go. Yeah. I mean, it's we, we don't know how it's going to go. It could go the way of the second gamepad when, when Miyamoto suggested that was going to be a possibility. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. There's a couple more things. Xseed is going to localize Gal Metal that's coming out this fall. There's a demo for that on the Japanese eShop. I didn't understand it at all, but it did not seem like a very fun rhythm game based on my very few minutes. Then again, I only played a few minutes and did not understand it, so my opinion is not worth anything. But that's coming this fall, so you can you can look forward to that. There's one more story. There's a little bit of sales panic, Donald, isn't there? Yeah. The um, yeah. So the NPDs came out on Tuesday, as they're wont to do, and um, God of War went into beast mode in April, much to nobody's shock. Um, the the Labo variety kit was fourth. Donkey Kong was fifth which should tell you something considering that's a revenue chart and DKC was out for like two days in the reporting period. Mm. And then uh, it's the Kirby's still doing okay, it looks like. Kirby uh, did manage to land a top 20, top 20 slide. It outsold the robot. <laughs> Very at good. Made, at least made more of the revenue than the robot did. Uh, it's just like Labo sold... Good, not great, is my sort of understanding. Yeah, it's still like I see them all the time in, in store shelves, but I suspect that will, I suspect this is something to get it like the Switch was, get it out now, and then we'll worry about it selling at Christmas. Yeah, Switch is doing well, God of War is doing great. I, th I think God of War is, is going to be looked back on as one of the great triumphs of this year. It's not necessarily. I beat it. I thought it was great, especially mechanically. But regardless of how it is, I think just it's such a successful reinvention of a series that's so desperately needed reinvention. Full-on Super Mario Bros. 3 or Super Mario World 64 type stuff. Like that kind of next step evolution. And I think... Sony Santa Monica and Sony and PlayStation as a whole are going to be well rewarded for it. And I, I think it should prove to be a model for future games going forward. I, Switch was definitely the success story of last year. Yeah. And I think it, it will be, it, it'll continue to be that this year as it gets better and better and better. And we might even hear it outselling the Xbox One if they release numbers in like the next two years. I think the Switch will continue to be that in some extent, but I think the story of last year is the Switch. The story of this year is going to be God of War. It'll be the Switch to a lesser extent, 
and it'll probably be Fortnite, even though Fortnite was last year thing, but I think it's really going to be Fortnite this year. And I think it's going to be probably one other thing that hasn't even come out yet that I don't even know what it is. So you're the ice climber. Remember that. You're the ice climber. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's good. Nintendo stuff is doing well, it sounds like. All right. Sales panic's good. Resident Evil 7. Uh, I didn't comment on the Pokemon stuff Let's last week. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee and Pikachu. We might hear about it next week. I have a theory for what that game is. A specific theory. I, I do remember on this show, like probably about a year ago, I suggested that the next, the first Pokemon Switch game would be based in Kanto, and I think everyone called me crazy. Do you guys remember that at all? Vaguely. Uh, yeah, even if you said that, I would have. I would still argue you were talking about a main series game and not a spinoff. So, I have a theory for what Pokemon Let's Go is. I think it is going to be Kanto. I think it is going to be Eevee and Pikachu. I think all that stuff is true. But I think it's going to be the Pokemon series equivalent to Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. Where you're going to see it and it's going to look weird because it's going to have some Pokemon Go-esque mechanics. I think it's going to be greatly simplified. I think it will be compatible with other games. And I do think it'll be sort of a RPG thing. And it's going to use a modified version of Sun and Moon Engine. And it's going to be in HD. None of this is really announced. I don't have any leaker. This is just my theory for what I think this is actually going to be. It's going to be the, a modified Sun and Moon engine. It's going to be Kanto. It might be a sequel type thing. It's definitely going to play to nostalgia and new players at the same time. You're going to have following Pokemon. You're going to have some Pokemon Go-esque mechanics. And I think it's going to look a lot like a real main series Pokemon game. And I think it's going to have a full JRPG style thing. But I think the gameplay is going to be significantly modified and simplified in a way that's going to make a lot of people mad who this game is just not for. And I think it's going to be a holdover until the quote-unquote real RPG that is the game you want, hopefully, that comes next year. And I think this is going to be a spin-off that looks really close to a real game. Yes, yeah, so this game, from what I'm gathering, is meant to be a bridge between Pokemon Go and the mainline Pokemon games to try and bring people over. That's the way I'm visualizing the whole concept of it. It's like a step in between. Yeah. It's going to be better than Happy Home Designer, for sure. Yeah, but... that didn't have gameplay. Right, but I think, I think you know what I'm talking about is like a, as a frame of reference, right? Where it's... Um... Reused it's, assets. It's going to use a lot of assets, and it's even going to play similarly a lot. But it's not its not the game you think it is or might want it to be. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's the best Pokemon RPG, authentic, hardcore, casual. Everyone comes together and has a great time. But that's the game I anticipate this being. So what games do you think it'll connect to, Alex? You brought that up. Um, so... I think it's going to connect to the next Pokemon game. I think it's going to connect to Pokemon Go. I think Pokemon Go games are going to be able to, like the monsters you catch and go, are going to be able to be imported here. Or maybe the other way around. We'll see. I, I think there's going to be some of, the, some of that kind of connectivity. I'm thinking about all these people who have like shiny Lugias. And I'm like, well, that actually work but i that's i think there's a chance of that i think it's probably going to connect to ultra sun and ultra moon i think it's definitely gonna allow you to transfer pokemon at least pokemon silver and gold style like forward in whatever the next games are okay and how you guys you guys you guys on the same page a little bit no no what do you think this is gonna be i think you'll be able to maybe take your Pokemon from Go and use them in this game, I don't think you'll be able to go the other way around. Sure, okay. So like maybe it just looks at what you have in Go and like copies it over to this game. So forward transferring kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, don't, I do not think they're going to connect to the mainline games at all. 
Okay, so cool. It's going to be like its own thing. That's how I picture it anyway. Fair. But what about as a, as a game? Do you, do you agree with my vision for the general strokes of what this game is oh, going to yeah, be? Oh, yeah, that's basically what I'm vi- visualizing. My expectations are low and expecting a spinoff. And while it will be like one of Nintendo's big games of this year, I don't think it's going to be on the same scale as Smash. And I think their three games are going to be Smash, Fire, and Lumis. With yeah, maybe th- a Yoshi in there, too. Yeah, like... This game is going to be a big game, but I think it's going to be a big game just because it's Pokemon. I do think... I don't think it'll sell as well as some of the other Pokemon games. But, yeah. Right. They're going to say the first Pokemon game on Switch. That's it's how they're going to sell it. It's not, though. Um, Pokemon Tournament. I think I think it'll have similar RPG mechanics to the main games, though. Like, I think the battle system's going to be mostly intact. I just think the capturing is going to be greatly simplified. I think the traversal and everything is going to be very back to basics. And I, I'd anticipate more spinoff than mainline game. As as TRBR says, I think we're a year away from a Pokemon game, from a real a real Pokemon game, and I I agree with that. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Creature Zinc was a main developer for this. I'm not saying that's what I predict, but if it was Game Freak, or if it was, like, Creatures Inc., or if it's Game Freak, but there's clearly a lot more, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a full-on spinoff that people think is going to be the real deal. Donald, how do you feel? Uh, well, I, I just wanted whatever it is. I just wanted to get it announced so that we can get this over with. Yeah, it's been it's been stressing out my week sitting on sitting on Twitter on a Wednesday and being like, "Has it been announced yet? Has it been announced yet?" But yeah. Also, uh, some something late breaking here. Um, noted bot Wario sixty four apparently has spotted that uh, the Singaporean PSN is reporting Mega Man 11's release date as October third make it October 2nd here. Cool. That's very good. I think it's a fine release date for that game. So, that's our show. Thank you very much. Hope you have a great evening. Donald Terrio can be followed on Twitter at Donald Mick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. Uh, be sure to wish him a very speedy, safe, healthy recovery. You can follow... Justin at King Nintendo Fan, King N I N T N D O F A N. And you should go to NintendoWorldReport.com and you should go donate to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash NWR. I'm on Twitter at C U L A F I A. That's our show. Have a wonderful night. Cobra Kai never dies. Never does. Bye. Good night.